In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. When you drove by this morning, as you might tell, from the banners and from the new marquees we have posted, we are celebrating this morning that we have a newly consecrated bishop, the Right Reverend Jennifer Redall. For those of you who were at the consecration yesterday, it was really a truly very special service. The service began with four Native American women offering a traditional Native American blessing of four directions. What struck me about this was the beauty and the imagery in the words that they said, the imagery of the desert, the descriptions they had of sunsets and the quest for life with our Creator, blessed by Jesus, our brother, and always sanctified by the Great Spirit. I had heard these blessings before in other parts of the country, but yesterday, the blessing that was offered struck me as something altogether new, because yesterday's blessings were all about living life here, smack dab in Arizona, in the middle of the Sonoran Desert. You may or may not know this, but the Sonoran Desert comprises over 100,000 square miles, and most of central and southern Arizona is part of it. It's the only place in the world where saguaro cacti grow, and it's the hottest, wettest, and the most biodiverse of any desert in North America. We live in an absolutely unique environment. Full of beauty, but also full of challenge. The desert is our home. And thanks to modern conveniences like running water and air conditioning, it's an absolutely wonderful place to live. But much of where we live, if you drive not even very far out of the city, most of the region where we live is completely untouched by humans, and it's as sparsely populated as any desert that Jesus would have ever known. On this first Sunday in Lent, we see Jesus being driven out into the desert after his baptism. He's just been called beloved by God's own voice, and now in Luke's version, he is led into the desert, and he deals fully with the reality of being human. Luke says that he's tempted. We know he's hungry. Maybe he's even thirsty too. But I think what we're missing is that Jesus has now, in this, in this gospel reading, removed himself. Removed himself from the world completely. Um, it's the only way that Jesus knew how to remove himself. He's now away from people. He's now away from community. He's away from any reliable source of food, clothing, and shelter. None of his needs for survival are being met particularly well. Maybe this wasn't one of Jesus's skills. We don't know. But none of his needs for survival are being met particularly well. So, of course, he's being tempted. After 40 days of being in the wilderness, he's now practically starving. Who knows when he had, last had a decent meal? The story doesn't say a lot about what might have been going on. But we know that he's been tempted by the devil, by the one who is the ultimate adversary. 
So the devil invites Jesus to feed himself. And then he promises him dominion over the world. And later invites him to reveal the power of God to the faithful by throwing himself from the pinnacle of the temple and plunging into the courts of the temple. Then they'll know without a doubt who he is. But Jesus refuses to do any of these things. If he had said yes, if he had said yes, his needs, his immediate needs would have been met. He would have food to eat. He would have found a new type of liberty from the Roman Empire, the only world that he ever knew. And he would have, had, and he would have made the whole body of the faithful know without a doubt that he was Lord and Messiah of all. If he had done this, he could have easily achieved all of these things. It would have been simple, maybe even fun. It certainly would have been fast, and it would have been easy. But fun, fast, and easy isn't the way of Jesus. It simply isn't who he is. Why do we have this reading every year? Every year, the first Sunday in Lent, one more time, we have this reading. Yes, we know Jesus was tempted. Yes, we know he didn't give in to temptation. So why the continuation of this from year after year? Maybe we're invited, maybe we're invited to simply love Jesus for who he is. And maybe this story actually invites us to do that, to love Jesus again for the first time. This might sound a little far-fetched to you, but let's think about it this way. The story is always read at the beginning of a season that invites us to go deeper and to walk with God in a new way. We always hear some version of it, and every time the story tells us that Jesus is in the desert, he's hungry, and he doesn't fall for the temptations that are offered. He stands his ground, and he stands up for himself. And this is where we get an idea where we start to get to see Jesus for who he actually is. We get to know more about who he really is. We get to see something about the quality of his integrity. We see in this real-time test that Jesus is as human as you and I are human. He's tired. He doesn't want to sleep under the stars anymore. He's tired of having to spend his entire day looking for water or searching for something that is hopefully edible. He is hungry. He is missing his friends. And he is definitely ready to get out of the desert. But the devil's temptations aren't his ticket out. Because Jesus, as God doesn't find gratification of his own needs by having them met through domination of something or coercion of something. It's not the way that God behaves. And therefore, Jesus won't give in to temptation, even though he probably wants to. Jesus has to maintain his integrity. He has to be fully himself so that he can teach us how we can be fully ourselves, even when it's not convenient to be. And he is hungry and tired 
and dirty and could really use a shower right about now. But an approach that would be fun, fast, and easy would negate everything that we know about it. Let's think about it this way. Brene Brown, in her book called Rising Strong, writes about integrity, what it is. And she says, integrity is choosing courage over comfort. Choosing what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. And choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. Integrity makes us walk the walk and talk the talk. If Jesus is really serious about inviting us to a a closer life, a closer walk with God, the last thing that Jesus needs to do is to take care of his own needs of food, clothing, and shelter at the expense of us and at the expense of the world. It doesn't make sense. It's not what God would ever do. So Jesus won't either. Jesus lives his life in such a way that he pours his humanity into the world. His very presence pours, literally empties the properties of God into the world. That's what Luke's gospel is all about. It's all about him emptying the properties of God into the world. And Jesus invites us to see him for who he actually is. A person who is as fragile, as vulnerable, as much of a human being as we are. And sometimes these times of temptation really aren't the greatest. They're hard. These temptations around us are hard because we constantly live in a rough world, a world not only of rugged terrain and dry landscapes, but one of constant challenges in life. You know, None of us are far away from challenges. So many of our friends we know have at times lost jobs to reorganizations. Maybe they've lost their jobs due to discrimination. Some in our community we know fear on a daily basis that they're going to be asked for immigration papers. Other people battle illnesses. Sometimes none of us even know about them, but they battle them. And others suffer from anxiety because of family drama or recent bouts with personal tragedies that happen in whatever situation, whatever the case may be. Our struggles that we have in life are real. And even though Jesus entered that desert, maybe for some quiet time to get away from everything and everyone that he knew... His isolation that he experienced in the wilderness makes it perfectly clear to him that he was as human as you or I am, and he couldn't go it alone in life. He couldn't turn stones to bread because the God we know is a God of love and a God that lives in community, in a community of love known as the Trinity. When Jesus quotes, one does not live on bread alone, he's giving us a hint. He's referring to a story from Deuteronomy chapter 8, a story of the Israelites in the desert when they're tired of eating manna. I'm surprised our lectionary reading chose the end of Deuteronomy today because the earlier part of Deuteronomy fits better. So I want to tell you a little bit about it. It's all about the Israelites in the desert. They're tired of eating manna. They're tired of wearing the same clothes. They need a change of scenery because the desert that they have been led to 
has taken them nowhere for 40 years. It has been an endless cycle of doom and gloom. And in the same excerpt, Moses tells them, yes, that is our reality. It is all true. But let's look at what we're promised. Let's look at what the other reality is. God has led you out of Egypt. You are now out of danger. You have been given manna, the food from heaven, and you have not gone hungry one single day. And in the words of Deuteronomy, for the Lord your God is bringing you, not brought, bringing. It's a continuation. The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. This was God's promise to the people of Israel that their lives with God will continue to flourish even if today is really not all that great. That God will still be fully present. That God will make promises and God will fulfill promises. And those promises from God continue to be our promises that we hear and we reaffirm from today's gospel reading. Jesus gets tempted and says, no thank you. Because he needs to show us that God is never going to coerce us into a relationship. Even when our lives are making us hungry, hungry for fulfillment, hungry for belonging, hungry for the great almighty God to be with us here right now, Jesus wants us to be true to ourselves, to be authentic, to not compromise our integrity, but rather to keep going, to persevere, to let God bless us with grace that we haven't yet even seen. This is our promise for Lent. The more we stay true to God's call on our lives, the more authentically ourselves, and to live our lives with integrity, the more we can see the possibilities of real growth and development. The more we can emerge from any time of trial stronger than before, the more we can find love, the more we can find God's grace and blessing even in the midst of the most unconscionable times of trial. This is not fun. This is not fast. And it is definitely not easy. But the promise of God is that Jesus is right there with us. And he completely understands what we are going through. Not just a little. Completely. There is no separation in this way between him and us. We will be carried through whatever we endure. And the grace of God will accompany us on the entire journey. Whether we seek help from the east, the south, the north, or the west, the blessings of our creator the companionship of Jesus, our Messiah, and the guidance of the great Holy Spirit will take us wherever we need to go. This is our life together in the Sonoran Desert in Arizona, and we are indeed going to be blessed this season of Lent.